This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your host, Stephen Michael. Now, crank it up. All right, so just like we like to do, I like to do a bonus episode once in a while. And for this episode, I decided that it would do us well to discuss a weekend getaway to Denver in which I invite my pal, Loose Cannon, from the Cobras and Fire podcast to come along and discuss some of the uh, weekend events that preceded us. And uh, Loose, what's going on there, buddy? Oh, I'm doing well. It was great hanging out with you and your wife last weekend. And yeah, I'm excited to be on the show. Thanks for the invite. Again, I am Loose Cannon from the World Renown podcast, Cobras and Fire, a comedy rock talk show uh, that is Stephen Michael's favorite. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I had you on this episode in hopes that I can boost my ratings by getting Baco to submit it to uh, Sleaze Rock and Blabbermouth outlets so that they can release it as a press release that uh, Stephen Michael from Grown Up Rock Podcast talked to Loose Cannon from Cobras and Fire, and we had absolutely nothing good to say. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure this is not pressworthy, this episode. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, there go the rating as we speak. Sorry about that. <laughs> I decided to get away to Denver along with my wife on a business trip, and I wanted to take advantage of it. So we stayed at the weekend because there were two concerts happening in Denver at the same time we were out there. So, of course, we got to Denver Airport and rented the, it's part of being in Denver. You must rent a Subaru Outback, otherwise they won't allow you to travel their roads in Denver. Isn't that correct? That's correct. You also get pulled over if you don't have a neck beard or a dog in the car. (laughs) Perfect. Well, I didn't get pulled over for those two things. And you have to have at least a quarter ounce. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. It's legal there. So no problem. Quarter ounce in the pocket and a Paps Blue Ribbon in my hand, driving the Subaru out back with the roof open. It's fantastic. That is correct. And by the way, I'm not sure if I know that this whole thing lined up perfectly, but are you sure you invited me? I thought I invited you. I'm I'm the host. (laughs) What I mean by host is that I hosted you in Denver. I'm here. You didn't invite me. Oh, that is that is correct. You are in Denver, and uh, I tagged along. Well, that's correct. I I invited you to tag along to the events. I think was my point. Uh, whatever. Agree. Agree. Please continue. <laughs> agree to disagree. Okay, fine. All right. So we came upon Friday night, and that was the first night of the weekend, obviously, and we were there to see the Struts and Glorious Sons at a very old theater there in Denver. Yep. And so the plan was originally, and let me just tell people, I basically told Luce about these plans a good month and a half, probably two months in advance. Oh, easy. That we were going to be there in Denver. These shows were going on and, you know, be great to be able to hang out. I knew Luce was into some of the music that was happening that weekend And so the plan was Luce was going to join my wife. Well, Luce and his wife were going to join me and my wife for dinner before going to the Struts concert. That was the original plan, correct? 
yeah, we need to break bread together, get to know both of each other as a couple, develop the relationship beyond just podcasters and get to know, you know, everything like that. It makes perfect sense, right? Yeah, absolutely. And let's face it, I traveled, what, 1,500, 2,000 miles just to do this? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So Friday night comes and uh, not a week in advance, not two weeks in advance, but Friday night comes and Lou says, yeah, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to make dinner. I've got a friend who's coming into town, an old college buddy. I think uh, we went to Jesus Mary Joseph uh, School of uh, the Liberal <laughs> Arts or something. I don't know uh, what uh, that is. Purdue. Per- yeah, Purdue. Otherwise known as Purdue. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. So Ivy League, right? Purdue is Ivy League? It's a state school, but I, we people do think that for some reason, which I, I just go with. The name is is very snobbish, much like sure. uh, my friend Luce. And so, kidding me? It summarizes my entire personality. But, but, uh, <laughs> please, please continue. I'm a lovable asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the night of, Luce calls me up and says, "Hey." I got some uh, commitments I need to tend to. I'm a father and a husband, not just a famous podcaster. And so uh, I got to handle my responsibilities, which is actually code for my wife said, I can't go out at this time. I have to <laughs> I have to do this instead. And so I won't be able to join you guys for dinner. Correct? Yes. I just want to say that I, I consider myself the Vinnie Vincent of podcasters. I, I plan Grant, I go along with plans and I cancel at the last minute. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. All right, so we find an excellent Mexican restaurant. We go have dinner. It's fantastic. We head to the show. I'm drinking a nice glass of wine about a half hour out in the parking lot, and I, I text Luce and I say, "Hey, man, where you at? We're you know we're a half hour away from going into the venue. Would you like to have a glass of wine with me? You know what's going on? Who's the snob now? Well, you know I drink wine. I don't like carbonated beverages, so it is what it is. <laughs> All <right>, continue. <laughs> so I text him. I get no answer, no response. Finally, he texts me back. <laughs> He says, yeah, I'll be there at 8 o'clock or 8.30, I think you said. 8 precisely. 8, Sorry, eight I, o'clock. I, I t- showed up. And, yep. I said, and I said, the show starts at 7.30. You're going to miss Glorious Sons. Doors open. What was it? You texted me a couple different times. At one point, you texted me and I said, you're literally, you're going to miss Glorious Sons. I thought you were kidding when you texted me and said, I'll be there at like 8 o'clock or whatever. Yeah. In summary, when I showed up, the last chords of Glorious Sons were ringing out and they got off stage. Now, I do want to defend myself a little bit, if I may. Now, in Denver, I have never seen even an opener start any earlier than 8.30 to 9. They always have uh, start late. The headliners usually at 10.30. This is the most prompt, on-time concert I've ever seen. And on a Friday, too, when people are getting off work, it was very odd. But in Luce's defense, if he would have just read the ticket, he probably would have seen what time the concert started. He just Doesn't ignored matter. it. Doesn't matter. They just know. They just they have doors open, and then just nothing happens for like an hour. I've done it before. I've wasted my time. Eight o'clock, I expected not even the Glory Sons to be on stage yet. So anyway, it was very disappointing to me. I mean, my God. Yeah. And then the struts start promptly at 8.45. That's when the, that's when the opener usually starts here. Yeah. It's like, holy shit, I'm going to be home at a reasonable hour? It's, 1230 or one. <laughs> so, so I heeded the advice of the ticket and the doors opened an hour <laughs> before the doors opened an hour before the glorious sons went on. I got my place. It was pretty crowded for glorious sons. The show was sold out. Yeah. 
oversold. Yeah. I wanted to see Glorious Sons based on all the information that Baco was spewing out over the course of the Cobras and Fire episodes because he is obviously a big fan of the Glorious Sons. So I wanted to check it out. I was excited to see that. And in fact, that's one of the reasons I went because to this day, I'd already seen the struts three times on this tour. Oh my God. I didn't know that. Uh, Twice, not three times. This was the third time. So I'd already seen the struts twice on the tour. So I didn't really need to see the struts again, although they're very good live. And I was in Denver for an extra weekend. So purchased a ticket. We went. Glorious Sons were awesome. I really enjoyed this band. Oh, good. Not necessarily hard rock, but just there's something about them. Great live band. And the more I listen to their songs, the more I like it. So thanks for that, Baco. Enjoyed that concert. Both me and my wife enjoyed the opener quite a bit, The Glorious Sons. There's something about them uh, that they're just great live and this sounded great. So really enjoyed that. Glad uh, Luce was there to catch all the glory. Oh, wait, you you didn't catch all the glory. No, I, I was glad that I saw a full set a year ago. I mean, I was so disappointed. In fact, but going back to the Glory Sons for a second, yeah, they're a band that kind of transcends. The thing I love about it is they have a song, Sawdall Shotgun, which we're not going to feature today because of the fact that if you've heard of them, you've probably heard this song. It's gotten on the radio, on Spotify. They have like 11 million plays on that. It's one of the bands that, that you hear that actually is is starting to make it. You know, they're starting to make headway. I would say they're in the Tom Petty, maybe Rolling Stones zone. You know what I mean? They're just a pure rock band. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's fair. I think I told Luce that the singer to me, not necessarily he sounded like, but his vibe, the vibe I got from the singer was a little bit like the guy from Pearl Jam. What's that guy's name? Eddie Vedder. I kind of see him as, you know, he's kind of a, if that's the case, he's kind of a pudgy Eddie Vedder, but I, I kind of see him as like, he wouldn't be out of place in like a jam band, like a widespread panic or or whatever like that. It's a unique looking band, right? Like nobody looks like they, they fit together, but yet they kind of fit together. And now that you mentioned that, I'll throw another band at you because you're right about the whole widespread panic, jammy band type look, but also Blind Melon. Oh, that's spot on. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good pull. Yep. Yeah. So Agreed. they don't sound like them. I'm just saying in terms of vibe and the way they Shannon look. Shannon Hoon. Yeah. yeah. He's a Shannon Hoon in the sky. Oh, good, good call. down Main Street Tell me it ain't the most charming thing that you ever seen With that cold breeze blowing off the lake in June Don't go missing the summer Let them balcony girls put you under The spell of the streets and the city beneath The sweating heavy moon
the dirtiest, pretty thing that you've ever seen. Round these parts, no one wakes up from their dreams. Then the struts came on within probably 30 minutes set change, and their set was similar, but not the exact same. They definitely changed it up again for this leg of the tour. And struts, again, I've already seen them twice on this tour, but they're just consistent to me. I mean, every time that we see them live, they deliver. They sound great. They deliver energy. They got the crowd in the palm of their hands. I've never had a bad struts experience and my wife the same way. And my wife, she's, you know, she's harder to please because she doesn't care that much about concerts and stuff. That's not really her scene, but she's enjoyed it both times. It's the second time for her, the third time for me. And I love them. I think they're great live. How about you? Oh, my God. So that's the thing about this package tour, which is perfect, is these are both bands that you can bring your wife to or whatever. They kind of, you know, they kind of cross over, like you're saying. It's just catchy as hell rock. It's not the kind of stuff. You're not dragging somebody to overkill. (laughs) It's It's just a fun, hooky band, and they both do have stage presence. This is what I think is interesting about the Struts. Not that big of a fan. And what I mean by that is I saw them like four years ago play a club that maybe held 150 people. And they they killed it then. And every time I see them, I love a handful of their songs on their their debut album. But every time I see them, I go back to the albums and I'm like, God, there's just something missing here. They're just so overproduced for me. And even when I saw them this time, too, they played medley. If you love their whole catalog, they play damn near anything. They even play medleys. So they're basically playing everything they've ever released but then you go back to the albums and there were a few songs that i loved live and i could hardly even recognize them on the album yeah and i think you and my wife agreed to this point for me the more i listen to their albums the more i enjoy the music i think the only the only difference live for me is that it comes off with a little bit more energy and it comes off with a little bit more heaviness because i think the guitar is a little bit less buried live yeah i mean to me it's the same comparison as kiss's first three albums mm-hmm. and kiss alive hearing those same songs the pace is faster brought up after this tour they must release a either dvd or live album because that is the one that i will listen to yeah i agreed i think you're spot on with the kiss thing there and i think so also perfect mix i didn't see any orange amps but so is the perfect mix and the vocals from you know Luke Spiller. I mean, my God, if you're going to take that, that whole Freddie Mercury comparison, first off, he makes Freddie Mer- Mercury seem masculine 
Um, and then the, the other thing is though, is his vocals are so spot on that they played, uh, can't stop me now, you know, a, a bit of a deeper cut from queen and just absolutely nailed him on piano near the end. I mean, you we were talking about pitch perfect on everything from this, from this band. So highly recommend checking them out this tour. Your body's so sweet 
celebration of rock returns to Nashville. Rockin' Pod is back and bigger than ever in 2019. This convention brings together the best rock stars, music podcasters, vinyl and memorabilia vendors, cosplayers, and rock fans from all corners of the globe. Special guests include Michael Sweet of Striper, David Ellison of Megadeth, Brian Forsyth of Kicks. Jason Beeler of Saigon Kick, Erie Vaughn of Danzig, and members of Exodus, Roxy Blue, Every Mother's Nightmare, Tora Tora, and more. Music podcasts from all over North America will be recording on site all weekend. Special pre-party featuring the Rock and Roll Residency, 8-Ball, and Lipstick Generation on Friday night. Rockin' Pod Expo on Saturday. Join us at the Nashville Airport Marriott, August 9th and 10th for Rockin' Pod. Tickets and VIP packages available now at rockinpod.com. Yeah, and the other thing, this is something that we hadn't talked about nowadays with concerts and festivals and ticket prices. I mean, I have never felt ripped off when I have paid roughly 30 bucks every time, 35 bucks every time to see the struts with whoever's opening. So this package for me, the struts and glorious sons for 35 bucks is a win-win date night with your wife. I mean, it's just a fantastic evening of uh, rock and roll, you know? Yeah. Another thing too, is that my mood was so pissed off and I missed the glorious sons that I was almost like, oh, I, I mean, I was just like, I wasn't that excited to see the struts versus the two, but they elevated my mood. Like I left there just happy. So that's pretty much the summary of the concert. And then the other thing I was just gonna mention is the crowd was very interesting. Cause it was a lot of younger people. Cause they have this song called body talk that has a, a what a Kesha uh-huh. on it kind of a thing. So I think they brought in a lot of, Younger ladies that usually see at this rock concert, which is great. But the other thing is, is that there was a lot of bro dudes, like just big dudes, tall, which is funny because there's a lot of like just guys that are like alpha males there. And they're watching and everybody's like, you know, like you said, he puts you to work. You're waving your hands around. He's like a cheerleader. And it's just funny seeing all those guys with the most uh, pretty much the most effeminate guy on stage. You know what I mean? It was just kind of a little juxtaposition. Yeah, 100 percent. I think they bring in a wide variety of people that like dance because some of their music is very danceable. Not that I dance. Sure. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. I would love to see you do a, the helicopter or now, the wave. My dancing reflects, you know, the gopher in Caddyshack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, they, when he does that little dance, when he comes out of the hole. Yeah, that's basically I my I dance. Would, I, I have been working on my Photoshop skills right now. You come out of the hole. <laughs> <laughs> so that's basically my dance is I re- I'm reminiscent of the gopher out of the hole in uh, Caddyshack. That's my dance move. But yeah. So anyway, they, they bring in dance, but then they also bring in the rock and roll crowd. And when you have ladies, you have bro dudes. So it's uh, it was that's a good true. mixture. Sure. And, and I'll just say, too, is that that I'm a little picky bitch when it comes to concerts. Most of my concert reviews and Cobras and Fire is is just ripping on certain things. But. Yeah, I mean, this is how concerts I would love to have. This is if, if things started on time here in Denver, that's the way it should be. So kudos. They're very punctual. You want a punctual band? You better get there in time. There you go. Go support live rock and roll. Go out and see the Struts and Glorious Sons if they're coming to your town because you will not be disappointed. It's an enjoyable show, and especially at that price point. But go on time. <laughs> cool. 
<laughs> All right, you want to move on to Freedom Fest? All right, let's move on to Freedom Fest. So that happened Friday night with the Struts and Glorious Sons. Then we moved on to Saturday. Saturday was more of an all-day thing. My wife and I had to get up and move hotels because we were done with her business conference and on our own dime, so to speak. Well done piggybacking on a free trip, by the way. There you go, part. man. Take advantage while you can. Yeah. Cost me a plane ticket and one night hotel. That's what I'm saying. For five nights in Denver, I think. Genius. Now, if you could only combine it with your wife going to Nashville at the same time as Rock and Pot Expo. Yeah. Get that done. Not going to happen. That's on our dime. Yeah, all right. All right. Yeah. So Freedom Fest. Can I give you a little background on Freedom Fest? Yeah, go ahead, because it is an annual event. Right. So it's gone on, I think, for the last five years. And uh, if you want to go check out Corbis and Fire, there's an, an episode called uh, Fest Cluster F. So Freedom Fest has gone on for like the last five years or so. And it's always held in this diner parking lot, which I wasn't even going to go this year because it was the worst concert experience I have ever had, where I basically felt like I was in a prison. They had you in cages. They had one beer vendor, one place you could get water all this kind of stuff. It was like the, if, if you were going to take a handbook of how not to run a fest, this was it. And in summary that killed that last year was like, for example, Skid Row, Quiet Riot, Slaughter, stuff like that. So it's always an eighties themed themed fest, but I was pleasantly surprised that this was being held at a fairground this year. So that said, okay, I will go with Stephen Michael and Jennifer and, and have a good time. So that's just a little bit of the background too. Yeah. And, you know, this was my first Freedom Fest. It was a decent lineup. I didn't love everybody, but it was a decent lineup. Let's give it. What is the lineup? Let's go. So the lineup for this Freedom Fest, were there were a bunch of local bands and things like that early on in the day, which I skipped that whole thing. But the National Acts started at roughly two o'clock that afternoon. And the lineup was Vixen, Steelheart, The Great Whites, Ex <laughs> Extreme, and Queensryche. That was the lineup. Yep. So the plan was to check into our new hotel and then head over to Freedom Fest and be there by the time Vixen came on because I had heard Vixen was pretty good on the Monsters of Rock cruise, but I did not see them on the boat. I was seeing other bands at that time, so I didn't see them. So I wanted to catch Vixen. Got there maybe 20 minutes before Vixen went on. We didn't have tickets. So the plan was we were going to either buy tickets at the door or hopefully somebody was selling tickets. And so nobody was really selling tickets. Everybody came prepared to go in. They had already bought their tickets. So it's fine. Okay. So it was uh, 60, 60 bucks with fees. Yes. Uh, roughly. It was, uh, I don't know what it was with fees. We paid cash at the door and it was 55 bucks a ticket for general admission. Okay. So I, I'm going to start real quick here. You had your plans. My initial plan was to definitely, extreme is the main pull for me. I've seen Queen Strike before, things like that. But my plan was to avoid at all costs Vixen and Steelheart. And I did successfully. I showed up late, right? Consistent. <laughs> yeah, so I'll give you the loose rundown. He never he never told me any of that like up front. He just was like, I said, Are you going to Freedom Fest? Yeah, we'll see, you know, and he's kind of nonchalant. He doesn't really come out and commit. So loose cannon's a little wishy-washy when it comes to making plans, as he's already pointed out. And again, Luce had a friend in town, this friend of his that went to plumbing school with him. And so <laughs> 
<laughs> Purdue, Purdue plumbing school. Did you notice that, by the way, but the whole wishy-washy thing, did you notice I didn't have any balls because they were in my wife's purse? Yes. Yeah. That? They were detached. Okay. That is true. I can. Okay. It's very flat in the front of my jeans. Yeah. He had the Ken flat jean uh, look. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And anatomically correct, I guess uh, yeah. is, is what they call it. So. So yeah, uh, yeah, so he never really commits. Even on Friday night, we're trying to rope him into this, and he's like, "Well, I think we'll be in Golden because it was in Golden, Colorado, which essentially is just kind of a suburb of Denver, basically." Yes, a town owned by the Coors Light factory. Seriously, they own almost every single land, every neighborhood, the land. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Coors Beer, Golden, Colorado—that's what it's known for. So, yep. This is a big fairground. It was a pretty fairground. I mean, it was really nice. They had a rodeo going on as part of the fairgrounds and, and everything. So there was all kinds of stuff going on, but it was a nice, well-kept fairground. It was nice because you had the mountains off in the distance. and Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful setting for sure. And the weather was awesome because it was supposed to be 90 to 100 degrees and sunny all day, but the sun actually hid behind the clouds all day, which was great. And this concludes the weather portion. Humidity, 150%. But anyway. No, not at all. Oh, hardly any humidity. (laughs) We bought $55 tickets. We went in. We caught Vixen set, which to me, I was bored personally. They've got Lorraine Lewis from Femme Fatale now singing for Vixen because Janet Gardner's gone. They open up with a femme fatale song, which I felt was really strange. I get that she's from femme fatale, but the band is Vixen. So wouldn't you think they would save something like that for a little bit later in the set? But no, they open up with a femme fatale song and it's fine. They sounded okay. I was just a little bit bored. I watched their set. I was excited to see Steelheart. I think, you know, Millie is an amazing singer. I wanted to see them and I've never seen Steelheart. So I was excited about that. So Steelheart came on. They open up with the two songs from Rockstar, the movie, which I love those songs. I love that music. Oh, I forgot. I forgot they were the, were the actual band in that song. Okay. I'm yeah. in that movie. Okay. Well, his voice, right? Right. No, I, I get it. Yeah. So I thought Steelheart was really good. There were a few problems. They cut their set short because they were running out of time. But the songs they played, I thought they sounded really good. I thought Millie was uh, really good on stage. I thought they did a great job, and I'll, I will definitely go see them on the cruise ship this year because they're playing Monsters of Rock next year, I should say. So I'll definitely yeah. check them out again. I enjoyed them. But the plan was always for us to see those first two bands and then head back to the hotel, get out of the heat, have dinner because neither me nor my wife gave two shits about the great whites. I just didn't care. Yeah. Understand on the flip side, I didn't care at all. Like I just said, for those first two bands, I kind of was excited to see the great whites just for comedy material. Yeah. And our point was if we're going to pay 55 bucks for a GA ticket to this festival, we want it to go ahead and see everything. And plus the great thing was, my wife secured this hotel that literally was almost within walking distance of the fairgrounds. It was within walking distance, but, uh, yeah, a a little lazy, but, um, so so going, going back to this though, is it, it, my whole thing was trying to validate paying $55 to see extreme. That's the only band I really needed to see that day. Yeah. Which we'll get into later to see if $55 uh, was worth it or not. Yeah. 
So we headed back to the hotel for dinner, and all along, I'm, I'm staying in contact with Luis. We're texting back and forth. I told sure. him, I told him where we're staying. You know, he said, "Hey, we're out doing this beer tour. What were you doing that day? You were doing like a beer tour or something like that." Oh, sure. Well, yeah. The, well, the day prior, we uh, I hooked up this whole right, Denver's awesome, where it has this these bike paths on on Cherry Creek that, that basically cut through the whole city and, and take you. Uh, basically under all the bridges. So you take it in, in, and there's tons of breweries. We just did like a brewery tour and, uh, hit all that. So that was part of it. And the other, my the other challenge I had was that, uh, my buddy Sheldon was not so thrilled about going to this concert. So I was kind of fighting against him to go because of my obligation. I was like, I cannot be a dick and not, sh- and, 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 uh, not show up. And, you know, I, I wanted to, to hang out and everything like that. So I said like, at least the will we'll, you know, at the minimum we'll meet you and hang out at the hotel. Right. Yep. Yeah, that was the agreement for sure. So, you know, they they finally, they show up to the hotel. My wife and I had bought some groceries just to make some sandwiches and stuff. You know, we didn't want to spend a bunch of money, you know, 15 bucks on a hot dog, none of that shit. And wine. You'd offer me some nice wine. I I did. We bought a couple bottles of wine because I like to be nice and buzzed when I go see my rock and roll. So It's very gracious of you. And uh, I did appreciate (laughs) when we sat down that you had two bottles of wine. And you pushed the swill towards me, and you had a nice bottle of wine on your end. Yep, that's absolutely true. I went to the liquor store. I found two <laughs> bottles of wine. One was a dollar ninety nine, and the other <laughs> one's fifteen bucks. And it was the dollar ninety nine twist off cap that I offered to lose. That's a hundred percent true. It was free with a full tank of gas. But in card. my defense, it said from Spain red wine on the bottle. Yeah, ge- yeah, <laughs> generic. Just says red wine. I might as well just had a, a white thing. It just says what, red wine and a, a, a you know a little scan code in the front. Good enough to cook with. Good enough to drink. <laughs> Cooking wine. <laughs> <laughs> and listen. You only saw double vision for a few minutes after you had the first glass. Come on. That's correct. I, I thought it was, I thought you were Bill Cosbying me. I wondered why you kept calling Jeff Tate's name when, uh, when Queensryche was on stage. I didn't quite understand that. Sure. There's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of confusion, but please continue. All right. So we hung out at the hotel a little bit and you decided at that point that you were going to offer my wife to grease her wrist to uh, take her concert wristband off because they give you these concert wristbands to get in and out of the concert, right? That's oh, we should, yeah, we should. Pre- this is one of the first concerts I've been to that actually allowed in and out throughout the day. Yeah, and it's a full day, so it kind of makes sense that they would allow. It doesn't in and matter. Out. I've never been to an all-day fest allowed that. The usual business model is get you in early with a couple of good bands in the, in the beginning, lock you in there, have you eat nine-dollar hot dogs and uh, $5 waters throughout the day to survive. That is the usual business model. Yeah. This was very nice that they had the in and out. It was. It was nice, and uh, we took advantage of it because obviously we walked across the street to the hotel and had dinner, but we went out, and um, they give you these wristbands, and they're just the plastic kind of you're old enough to drink wristbands, different colors to get you in and out, but once they're on, you can't really take it off unless you break it. There's, you know, it's got one of those snaps that's a one-time snap type deal. Yes. But I was determined to get into this damn fest without paying. That was my scheme. Or, but you actually offered me a $20 fee to get the wristband off of you or or your wife. And I have to say, you know, I'm not somebody that really follows social norms. So 
after meeting and meeting your, your wonderful wife, Jennifer, for about five minutes, that's correct. I offer her to use a little pat of butter from the, the kitchen <laughs> to, to put it on her wrist, like just walk outside and let it melt for a second. Um, possibly some of the lotion that they give you in the, uh, in the, in the room. I mean, these are things, these are ways I've got out of handcuffs before in certain uh, bedroom situations. So I figured it would work. I've seen Gerald's game. I know it can be done. And eventually we got to all that, but the way that it was proposed out of Luce's mouth right up front was perhaps I can lube you up and get that concert wristband <laughs> off. And then we got to like the pad of butters and the getting off. Yes. My wife and I busted out laughing because I knew instantly what he was talking about. It just didn't come out that way. <laughs> No, I, I, usually when you, you offer to grease your wife, it just doesn't go the right the right direction. Oh but yeah, I mean, and then and then I asked her um, after a half hour. He goes, "Who's who is more offensive in person, me or Baco?" And uh, it was it was me. So <laughs> yes, she did admit that Lusa won hands down. And I do have to say that that uh, a wise man, B.J. Cramp, said, if you want to make new friends past 40 years old, uh, start a podcast. And it's absolutely true. I think every one of us will uh, admit that that is correct. Yes. So we finally get past the greasing up of the wrist, and I offer Luce uh, 1999, and I'll take my wristband off for him to get in, and then you know we'll go from there. So Luce declines the greased wristband or the 1999 wristband offer, and we say, yes. okay, but we're just we're going to head over there because I want to make sure that I get back in time for Extreme. We heard the last uh, bit of the Great Whites hearing uh, Rock Me. and Yeah, that's correct. We could hear the notes. We could see the light shining in the sky from Mitch Malloy's <laughs> uh, gleam. <laughs> yes uh by the way did, did you know that how many times in a, in a day that people go up and they ask him weren't you the guy that was almost in van halen it's, it's amazing <laughs> yeah that's true I, i'm sure people are confused the thought that jack russell's gonna be up there they're like why is a guy that was that met michael anthony one weekend you know on stage he was, <laughs> that, he was near nearly the guy in van halen and then they lose their train of thought because his pearly white you know yeah. they're they almost have medusa like qualities and they they shine <laughs> in people's <laughs> eyes and in his eyes you're transfixed with his his beautiful blues and you're just you're you're hypnotized great white is a good good band i heard no less than 50 women comment on how beautiful his hair is oh my god so, yeah, we get back to the uh, the parking lot. We're headed in, and, and Luce decides to have us drop him off while we look for a parking space because... Uh, sure. It yeah, because you, you had to drive the four blocks. Yeah. So, go ahead. That's right. That's true. We drove the four blocks. I carried my wine. I want to drink my wine while we were driving the four <laughs> blocks. There we go. <laughs> sure. So, I go up to the, the front door, and I say, how much is admission? They go, $55. I go, do you have any discounts? Since there's only a couple bands left. They go, no. I go, okay. So I, I think like, okay, maybe we have the wristbands at this point. I'll take you up on your, your offer and things like that to try to fleece me for a few bucks. And I decide, I always at concerts, when I have crappy seats, for example, always think of, you know, they figured out how to blow up the Death Star. I can figure out a way to get to the front row or better seats. I always do this, and most of the time I'm successful because I always just act as if. So I had a backpack on with beer in it, and my buddy and I, we this whole thing is in a, a festival, so it's, it's basically just surrounded by a, you know, just one of those two board fences to keep cows from running out or whatever. So I just walk to the back of it, and we just step over the fence, 
no wristbands on, nothing, backpack, walk by the porta potties, and we are in, baby, for free. We go up there, and at first of all, I was like freaked out. I'm like, and then I realized half the people there didn't have wristbands. I'm like, how is that even possible? So I was like, okay, we're good. They had VIP, and that was supposed to be an extra fee, and they let, left, they let people in there. So boom, baby, that's a Cobra hack. You want to go for free? <laughs> you just walk in the back door. A security guy looked right at me. And I'm like, what's up? And just acted as if, because it was in and out. I was doing the end. So free concert. Continue. And, and, and you had to pay 120 bucks or whatever for you and your wife. So I win. Yeah, 110 bucks we paid, but uh, you know we felt like it was decent. We were contributing to uh, the veterans because it was a Freedom Fest oh, was part of the veterans and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, so you're gonna throw me on the guilt trip here. I will tell you, this thing was set up. This thing was set up with vendors, microbrews, all the asshole beers that Buckle makes fun of me liking, and I, I, what I contributed to the local economy plenty <laughs> with what we what we spent in that area. So there was income coming their way. Let's get into this because I, I headed up to the gates and I'm texting Luce. I'm like, where are you at? Because I expected to find him and Sheldon waiting up by the gates. I'm in, baby! When we got there and, and he says, I'm in. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, okay, well, he must have bought a ticket or found somebody that was selling one or or whatever. And he said, nope, <laughs> I just, we got in. So I said, okay. So we head back in uh, and we see Luce over by the ticket counter because you have to buy tickets to buy food and beer. Yeah. So and again, and again, because I have no social norms, I didn't say hi or anything. I go, here's 20 bucks, get in line with your wristband and get me some tickets. Yeah. Get some beer. That is correct. And Luce is, is carrying a, a backpack, which I didn't notice at, fr- at first. Uh, so, you know, he had a backpack, uh, which I think I think his wife loaned him because that's where he kept his balls for this Freedom Fest while he was at it. But, and, yeah. but anyway, so we buy tickets and Luce is, is contributing to the economy, as he uh, so pointed out. We head to the front, the front area, because... Like Lou said, they had this special upfront area, standing room only area in front of the stage. It was more expensive, right? So, yeah, so you have a situation where, and this is what always pisses me off at concerts. This happens all the time when it's undersold is you have people that spent 85 bucks, they're in this special VIP section, but they're letting all the general admission people in. And then you have assholes like me that got in for free. There's a different level of everything. Yeah, but it was win-win for us because we were able to get in that front area for stream, which I was psyched about. I didn't know if they were going to kick us out, but we took advantage of it right away. And, of course, once you're in there, they have no way of finding you because you're in with a bunch of other people. I don't think they cared. No, they didn't care at that point. It was too close to the end. They didn't give a shit. So uh, we all went up there. It was me me and my wife and you and Sheldon. We got up front, and we were there for Extreme. I was psyched because I'd seen them twice on the boat. Extreme's always great live as far as I'm concerned, but that's part of the reason that you even came out to this thing was for Extreme, right? I think I'd seen them play an opening set 25 years ago or so, and this is before more than words even hit. So nobody even gave a shit, but I'd I'd heard the Decadent Dance and a couple other tracks like that. But yeah, I've never seen, I've always wanted to see them again. Right. My point. And they don't tour that much, so that's why I was wanted to see it. Yeah, not as much anymore as they were in the early days for sure. But so what what did you think of their overall set? For me, they were consistent. They were about the same as they always are. I thought they were really good. 
Uh, there were a couple things within the set that were a little off and a little strange, but <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into that for sure. But uh, they opened up with "It's a Monster," I think. Oh yeah, the best song about masturbation. <laughs> yeah, that, that they have. It's good. Yeah, they, uh, they sounded incredible, and uh, but I do have to say it was a little off-putting for uh, what I will always refer to as the Sharon going forward, where he comes out. I don't know if he's all coked up or something like that because he's acting a little squirrely. But Sharon, as soon as he came out, he bent over and then put his hand between his legs and waved at the audience. Not just once, but like three times during the song. I don't know if he was waving to these vets. I mean, I don't think if you're a veteran, you're you're looking forward to seeing this uh, this, this act. <laughs> but uh, but yes, and as I sent you a picture of me doing it on a hike the next day. But uh, yeah, so Sharon was just off the rails. I've never seen him before, uh, except for like a quarter century ago. But I do not remember him acting this way. Did he act this way on the ship, too? Did he do the butt wave? Uh, I don't remember the butt wave, but probably I would say that. How can you forget? It's burned into my mind. Because you have to have the comedic uh, notation when it happens, and timing is everything. And so, yeah, that was all intact uh, at Freedom Fest. And Sharon normally uh, moves around quite a bit on stage. He's a dancer. He's very limber. He's doing all kinds of things. And that's good because it's exciting to watch the movement. I mean, you don't just want some dude standing up there, but some of the things that struck home with me with this performance is one, God damn it. Nuno is a fucking beast. <laughs> that dude, Oh my God. That dude is so damn talented. It's unbelievable. I mean, it just, he's unbelievable as a musician. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was one of the highlights seeing any guitarist live in, in quite a bit. I mean, he just nailed everything. And also, as a whole, the mix was perfect. I do have to say that they bring the energy, too, man. They put on a performance. It's a show. Yeah, they're not boring to watch at all. I mean, they're they're rocking and rolling. They sounded great. They looked great. They were all over the place. But the one thing that was off-putting to me, and I'll get, I'll get into this. So we already talked about the Sharon. Another thing that happened, which I thought was really strange, is that on each side of the stage, they had these side fill monitors, which for people that aren't technical or into production, side fill monitors are these speakers that cross the front of the stage from each side that give the musicians up front a little bit clarity if they don't have in-ear monitors, things like that. And this was a festival, so I don't know that everybody was wearing in-ear monitors, but these side fills were on a pole so they yes, were on a pole they were yep. being held up on a pole well at one point gary gets a running a running start no but you saw you saw him lock in yeah he, he locks in on this side fill he gets a running start and basically lunges at this side fill as if to kind of give it a big bear hug and he ends up toppling over this pole it bends the pole it knocks the speaker off the pole and these aren't they weren't small like little speakers these are pretty like probably four foot tall speaker uh sections so it's not a small thing but he topples it over he goes bowling over it was just weird to me uh, uh, steven yeah cocaine is a hell of a drug <laughs> <laughs> but essentially yeah i mean just there's no way and, and by the way but between Nuno and Sharon, I think they weigh 
220 pounds total. I mean, these guys are crazy skinny yeah. for their age, too. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I, like, I basically, my extreme fandom is a few songs here and there, but Pornography top to bottom, and they basically played the majority of that, that record. Plus, oh, I can't remember it, but he, I was thrilled that he played this instrumental, this acoustic. That was awesome, by the way, his, his acoustic, like, jam. For me, it was. It was off the uh, Waiting for the Punchline album, which is, I'm not a fan of, really, but that instrumental is, is incredible. But he played everything you'd want to hear.
Yeah, it was a good set. It was a good solid hour and 20 minutes, maybe, I think. If you notice, the theme of this so far is I have not bitched about any band thus far that I've seen this weekend. I know. See, that's crazy. You come on a different podcast, and all of a sudden, it's all positive for the most part. Yeah, well, but maybe not after this. <laughs> all right. We get done with it, stream. We get a little bit of rain, but not much. Not enough to even solidly soak my hair. Just a few drops here and there. It was a beautiful night, in my opinion. The wind was blowing. It was really, Mountains really nice. Mountains in the background. Mountains in the background. A sunset. Yep. I felt a, a certain romance with you. You know, I, I felt a I bromance. Felt yeah, a little bromance, whatever. It, yeah. was just, it was just a beautiful night. Everybody's having a good time. Uh, the vibe is great. And then Queenstrike. Yeah, and then Queenstrike. And this was a fairly early show. Like, it was supposed to be over, I want to say, by like 8.15 or something, right? No, like like by 9.30 or something like that. I think they started at 8. Yeah, okay, maybe. I can't remember. I thought it was a fairly early night, but you may be right. They were starting at 8, and they were over by 9.15 or something. Yep. So Queenstrike comes on, and what did they open up? They opened up with something from the new record, but... For for me, Queensryche, uh, they sounded great. Don't get me wrong. And I've seen Queensryche three or four times with the combination of the Monsters of Rock Cruise. And the uh, I saw them recently after that here in Atlanta on the latest tour. But, you know, I've seen them plenty, I guess is my point. And they sound good every time. I think Todd Latore's awesome. I think he sounds great. My problem with this, and there was a really strong, like they played... Queen of the Reich, which I enjoyed quite a bit. I would have loved to have heard Take Hold of the Flame, which I didn't hear. Or did they play that? They may have played Take Hold of the Flame, too. I don't remember. But they had they had too much new stuff, I guess, in the set for me. Is that is that fair? It wasn't just that. First off, they put on a clinic of how not to do a set list. You do not start. I know you said that Quinchark doesn't want to be a legacy act, but there's a way to do this. For example, I saw... Bon Jovi like 15 years ago and they, what they did is they played their new stuff like I, I could give a shit off of Have a Nice Day or whatever but they did it like every other song they open a couple too strong you know classics that you want to hear then they sprinkle in the new stuff throughout their set these guys would go like five songs in a row of, of things off their last you know album or two and I get it I get bands want to play this new stuff but you're talking about the two albums that the world knows is Empire in Operation Mindcrime, they maybe played four songs total off those two. That is ridiculous. They need to mix it up more. I was bored. Like at one point, I'm like, "Do we go? Do we go?" And finally, they close with Empire and stuff like that. I mean, it was a struggle to, to keep it going. You can see the crowd too. So, to all bands, your opening song needs to be a killer. You do not open with things that people don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think they're so consumed with trying to leave the legacy of Jeff Tate behind and make Todd the spotlight that they're forgetting about. I mean, I agree. They had some nice nuggets in the set. Like I said, Queen of the Right, great. Always great to hear. Open with that. Screaming in digital, great. Always fun to hear. Walking in the Shadows. Walking in the Shadows was another highlight. That was really good. I've seen them twice now. I saw them with Corpse of Dokken four years ago or, or so. And they were the, the same. They did the same kind of thing then. I saw them, and I'm like, they sounded good technically, but uh, energy-wise and stuff like that, they're just kind of there. Like, you leave and go, yeah, that was Queen Shrek. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I think they sounded great. 
Uh, there are some nuggets in the set, but there are also they chain together two or three songs that maybe uh, shouldn't have been chained together that were yeah. just a little bit long. They played about an hour and 20 minutes. The end of the set was great. They did Empire. They did Jet City Woman. Yep. Always technically proficient, always sound great. And tonight was, you know, that night was no different. Uh, it's just, it comes down to the set list for me. And I think the set list for loose as well. Yeah. And thus, that is a summary of two days in a row of kind of legacy acts plus some new up-and-coming bands. And uh, yeah, you had a, a, an action-packed weekend in Denver. Yeah, it was Stephen Michael and Loose Cannon's lost weekend in Denver. Yeah, no, and I was I was thrilled to, you know, we met last year, had, had only had time for basically to have a beer. 
and stuff like that. But this time was was uh, pretty much the full Monty with late arrivals by me and canceled plans. Uh, canceled plans. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, it was a it was a good uh, weekend, and I mean, I would have loved to have not paid nothing for Freedom Fest and walked in over <laughs> a fence, much like my friend Lee Cannon. But uh, you know, for a hundred and ten bucks, we got essentially a day's worth of entertainment, which was fine. Sure. And. The in and out, I didn't feel ripped off because it allowed us to go back to the hotel, have some wine. I didn't have to pay exorbitant prices for liquor or none of that stuff, which I felt good about. Yeah. And I've been to so many all-day fests. They checkmarked every single thing. They didn't have just three beers on tap, Bud Light and Coors Light. They had a variety there. You could even get mixed drinks. They had plenty of porta potties. <laughs> These are the basics of a fest. Beautiful location. I highly recommend going to this if you're, you know, it's kind of like a mini M3, you know what I mean? Like a one day or not completely packed, but the same kind of same genre. So if you're in Denver, do a trip out here, do some hiking, check out uh, downtown and combine it with this fest, you'll have a good trip. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was done well. They had different vendors and food trucks and beer and all that stuff. I would tell you, if you buy a general admission ticket, make sure you bring a lawn chair with you because that would have been nice. Oh my God, lawn chair. To have a lawn no, chair no, in a big no, field. No, no, Who wants no to stand chairs. all day? Nobody wants to stand. Me. You want to sit down, go watch a DVD. I'm <laughs> against all sitting at concerts. All sitting. <laughs> I, You know, I remember years ago, and I'll admit it, I had free tickets to go see Nickelback, and I remember this guy behind me says, hey man, I came to see Nickelback, not your back. And I'm like... <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like, uh, you know, he's drinking like just a gallon of beer behind me. I'm like, you know what? Just stand behind me because he's like, you know, five feet tall or stand in front of me, I should say. You know, always do the courtesy. You're a tall guy, you know, put the short people in front of you, right? And that's the deal. It doesn't hurt your view. No. Stand up. No lawn chairs. Lawn chairs goes against rock and roll. I forbid you to bring a lawn chair if you ever come back. I think it's easy for Luce to say stand up considering that he'll only show up for the last one or two acts anyway. But when you're out there all day from two o'clock on, bring a lawn chair. Find a bench. <laughs> and a bench. And wire cutters to cut the fence so you can let loose in. <laughs> right. You need, to, you need to bring all this. Bring wire cutters, not, not uh, lawn chairs. <laughs> Overall, great uh, weekend. Yeah, I appreciate you inviting me on the show. It was uh look forward to seeing you at the Rock and Pod Expo. And in summary, great meeting your wife. Hopefully next time, if uh, you combine, uh, you know, piggyback on, on a business trip, we can actually get together in full. Maybe we can finally meet your wife. Yeah, she does exist. So you say. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, hopefully the listeners enjoyed that review. It was fun. It was a fun weekend. And uh, Luce, before we get out of here, why don't you... Pimp the Cobras and Fire podcast. Tell everybody where they can check out your podcast. It is not a G-rated podcast, so make sure you put nope. uh, put your filters on when listening to these dudes. Yeah, we celebrate profanity, <laughs> but uh, more Baco than me. I'm more controlled. I've told him he needs to wash his mouth out. But essentially, you can find everything on our just-launched website, cobrasandfire.com. That's right, just cobrasandfire.com. Dot com. Uh, from there, you can hit the subscribe button and all the podcast apps will pop up of choice. You've got links to our YouTube channel. You can find us in SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, iTunes, of course. Just You find us everywhere. Just type in Cobras and Fire Podcast. You will find us. And additionally to that, I do want to say that the most exciting part of this of this episode was you describing the weather. Well, yeah, you know, I like to get my meteorologists on once in a while, so... 
Yeah, and and just describe the show too. We basically make fun of what we love. We're comedy rock podcast. We have about thirty interviews. Everybody from KK Downing, Jakey Lee, newer artists like Danko Jones, John Karabi. So it's a mix of everything. Yep. So we, we cover we cover the whatever's going on in the the hard rock world and kind of poke fun of it and just jam some new and classic artists in between. Although I would caution you guys, if you go to the YouTube channel, it's essentially about a 15 minute loop of loose doing the Sharon back and forth. So you may not, you may want to <laughs> may, skip that part of it. I, I'll just take, I'll just take that picture I sent you and, and put it uh, as a gif or whatever. Just keep, keep uh, flipping and flipping. <laughs> but if you want to see what the Sharon is, yeah, if loose will send me that picture, I'll post it on a web page with this episode so you can go to the yeah, show notes yeah. and check it out. This guy, if you recognize this ass in hand, you'll know who's going to be on the, on the next show. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll uh, attach all the uh, links to their podcast in the show notes, and uh, that's it, man. Let's uh, let's bring this son of a bitch to a close. Well, I do want to say too, I've, I've, I definitely listen to your show all the time, and I really enjoyed your most recent episode as well, where you did that uh, the Diamond album. Kind of counted those down, yeah, from, from top top to bottom. So. Also, uh, the great Pooney. I just want to give props to him too. You guys do a great show. So, and it's uh, it's good to see you guys develop since the first expo when you're just starting. Yeah, absolutely. The great Pooney. That sounds like the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. It is sort of the great Pooney. I'm yeah, gonna start calling that. him the great Pooney. I like it. Yeah, he's he's essentially the one of the nicest people on earth. Uh, we consider him the ambassador of podcast supporter. That is fair enough. All right. Well, that's it, man. If nothing else, we're going to shuffle, rattle, and roll us out of here. Are you good? Oh, yeah. Thanks, David. Thank you. Later. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys.
Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.